morning, meat suits and meat dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 96. We've now done as many episodes as there are squares on the board of the Courier game, a German chess variant. <laughs> Speaking of things that aren't the classic game of chess, this week we're talking about MTV's 16 and Pregnant. We wanted to watch, I didn't know I was pregnant, we really wanted to watch that for you, the loyal fans who have all so vehemently suggested that we watch, I didn't know I was pregnant. But we can't find a digital copy, so we're settling for this equally depressing show about pregnant people who shouldn't be. Anyway, we're watching 16 and Pregnant from MTV, and uh, it, we're, specifically we're watching episodes 301, 302, and 303. So I think it's a fair sampling of the show. If you want to watch those, those are available at MTV.com. This week's episode, as always, is sponsored by AudiblePodcast.com slash weep. If you go to that address, sign up for a free trial of Audible's Book a Month Club. You get a free audiobook just for signing up. And more importantly, you support our show, and we appreciate it and need it. Also, if you want to suggest something terrible for us to sit through, go to read-weep.com slash suggest. I am your host. My name is Alex Falcone. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. Uh, your previous favorite Twitter account now uh, has 50,000 miles on it and needs to be retired, so you can follow me instead. But um, bum I've got a very special panel with me today. First up, he's a good student who's got everything going for him, but now he's pregnant in Northern California. It's Ezra Fox. Well, Alex, you smell like you had fun. <laughs> yeah, which has a whole new meaning once you know that he was cheating on her as well oh, as getting. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry. To be clear, uh, Sarah and Taylor only watched 301 and 302, so you guys don't know this sad thing. But he shows up drunk to the labor, <gasps> and, or hungover. But then it also turns out he'd been not only partying but also with another girl. Well, wow. And then he's kind of. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. really bummed. Yeah, I Ish. saw the uh, I saw the sneak peek, as they call it. That, that was a window into uh, yeah, that. That was what Chris would call a double pumping. The um, oh, the, the crying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not not the cheating. Oh, oh man. Oh, that's so sad. All right. Uh, also joining us today, uh, she's got wealthy parents and has everything going for her, but she's pregnant in Chicago. Sitting in for Chris, it's Sarah Hathaway. I love him, and I want to spend the rest of my life with him, but he keeps leaving me on the side of the road and stealing my babies. <laughs> He's making it so hard for you. How will you ever reconcile those differences? I want to be in the car. He wants me to be on the side of the road. Put the road in the car. <laughs> <laughs> Fixed <What>? it. <laughs> uh, also joining us today, he's a model who's got everything going for him. Oh, but he's pregnant too. Bummer. Live in studio today, it is Taylor Johnson. Oh, geez. If Brian gets between myself and my sister again, how will I model? He needs to shape up his attitude. <laughs> that was spot on of the uh, voiceover. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm not reading this good, am I? Where did you go, MTV? <laughs> Can we try take two? <laughs> Oh, man. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, awkward voiceovers, Sarah, sitting in for Chris, obviously, you have the responsibility of replicating his freakish recall and dulcet tones mm -hmm. and his summaries. So I would like you to summarize the general formula that each of these episodes fall into. And I was going to ask you to do uh, in the style of a voiceover from an awkward teenager. But Taylor just nailed that one. So you can do it in your impression of Chris or really however else you want. All right. 
16 and Pregnant follows the lives of teenaged girls who have unexpectedly found themselves thrust into fertile adulthood. <laughs> As they prepare themselves for the miracles of motherhood, they face judgmental parents, dull best friends, abusive and or slacker boyfriends, and producer-coached questions such as, do you wish you could do everything you used to? <laughs> and how has your life changed? In the end, MTV teaches us this valuable lesson. The only thing that can make a 16-year-old girl cry than being a 16-year-old girl is being a 16-year-old girl with a baby. <laughs> that is so spot on, wow. Sarah. <laughs> yeah. Also, it really made me want to buy a Groupon for pregnant 16-year-olds. You're very talented. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, who is selling these? <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, now, uh, as always, it's time for the compliment sandwich. We start in with a compliment. It's what makes us seem like more educated criticism. Taylor, you're our guest this week, so you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. Which do you prefer? I'll go last just so I get it right. Okay, <laughs> okay good. <laughs> Sarah, I'm going to have you go first then. Awesome. Okay. Uh, my major compliment for this show, I have to hand it to MTV. All of these girls were super 16 and very pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> really nailed the casting job. Yeah, and the titles. Yeah, right? It's all accurate. I thought maybe some of them would be 15 and a half. Maybe some of them would be 17, but they are all exactly 16 and super pregnant. Didn't one of them turn 17 while, like in the last couple weeks of her pregnancy? But you know, most of the pregnant was while 16. I'm, I'm going to give it to them on that. I mean, yeah, that's... it's not, you know, 17 and birthing. Yeah, that's not, not the that's a different show. <laughs> well, actually, that ties perfectly into my, my major compliment was that this show was perfect sequel bait. For a show called 17 and Tired. Oh. <laughs> or 18 and not as successful as I'd hoped. <laughs> or 19 and pregnant again. <laughs> <laughs> I would think this would be a mistake that you would learn from, right? Well, she, at the end of the episode, they had that like really deliberate shot of her talking to the doctor being like, I need to take my birth control. And the doctor being like, remember, you actually have to take these pills. <laughs> <laughs> No, if I buy these pills and put them in the nightstand, they work, right? It's a force field. It's like a juju. <laughs> What's a juju? Yeah. Like, like, Is that a candy? Well, yes. That's a juju bee. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do not use juju bees <laughs> as birth control. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, Ezra, major compliment. I mean, I guess it's for, for honesty in the healthcare system. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> at one point, um, one of the teen moms, I'm trying to remember which one. Okay. Oh, I got it. This was Jordan. And she asked the, I guess, attending doctor, how often do people poop during this? And the doctor responds, quite often. <laughs> yeah. And then follows up with, we'll try to hide it. <laughs> Actually, uh, the, the honesty uh, that goes into, ties into my compliment, because oh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm very happy to see, and this was in, this was in 302 for uh, Jennifer and Joshua, if I recall. Um, the show, it went from... 16 and, and pregnant and by the end it was cops <laughs> and it, it, it's it's very nice that they were able to deal with that truth you know the cameras were there they were on the scene and now there is footage proving yeah that, that josh is that while she was punching him in the face he forcibly moved her from one part of near the car and, to not as close to the car and did drive off with the kids for a moment like yes that, he did. <laughs> that is on footage they, the shortest kidnapping he like got to the end of the street and then felt bad and turned around yeah and i mean it's just that's how tough it is to be a single parent i think is what he's trying to say 
and and the thing too is like he not only did he drive off with the kids more importantly he drove off with one of mtv's cameras <laughs> <laughs> So what we're going to do is we're going to go through each of the episodes briefly and talk about what actually happened in them. So we're starting out with the 301 with Jordan. Taylor is going to give us a, a brief summary of Jordan's arc and what happens in her episode. So if, if I recall, Jordan is one of twins raised in the jungles of St. Louis mm-hmm. by their grandparents. Because as we find out in a sketch, the, the father pieced and it was too much for the mother to deal with. Anyway, these two twins being that hook not only for the show, but in their lives as they became models. And uh, it seemed to be they had a, a promising career ahead of them as twin models, because mm. that, that always works. But then, <laughs> unfortunately, a spike known as Brian came up, and um, not only did it sort of divide the potential future of these twins, but it also created a pregnancy in Jordan, which is another spike that is now separating the family. And according to the grandmother, it affects everyone. (laughs) And as we know, Brian gave up a promising college life at Northwestern, I believe. Mm -hmm. Was it really? I thought it was just somewhere else. Maybe it was Northwestern St. Louis. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, had to stay in, move in, and um, take care of this this kid but of course the problem is that the twin that was always there is now um sort of conflicted because she's being separated from her sister but they uh they gave birth to noah mm-hmm. but the problem is is that noah has a condition and it wouldn't stop screaming and uh sort of it yeah. <laughs> pronouns man. I've got, and so it kind of ended on a uh, mostly bitter a bitter note <laughs> so uh so here's here's my question to the team for this episode who got the Ross deal in this situation? This episode seemed like everybody was kind of bummed. Jessica, the twin. The twin? Yeah. Because Lost. I feel like for the rest of her life, she is going to be on grandparent lockdown. <laughs> like, I mean, Jordan met her boyfriend, child producer uh, <laughs> at a, a rock show. That's catchy. I bet people start calling them uh, child producers. Yeah, child producer. yeah, child co-producer, I suppose. <laughs> Executive producer? Executive producer. <laughs> yeah. They, they met at a rock show, so I can only imagine that, like, the grandparents are just not going to let Jessica go anywhere because she will return home pregnant. Yeah, that's definitely a good a good answer. Jessica's also, like, lost her modeling career because her sister got knocked up, which is pretty much not something you're counting on. Okay, I'm going to make a case, though, for Jordan being worse off, though. Okay. Mainly because she has in her sister, like, the living image of what she could be looking like right now. <laughs> Yeah. You know, and her, what her ruined body would have been. It was a tad sad to watch them together because I was like, I can see why Jessica's a model. I can't see it in Jordan. <laughs> oh. I know. It's sad, but it, it she she got puffy. Jessica could get snow cones. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All the best things. Uh, yeah. She wants to be a cake baker or a dental hygienist. Yeah. Or an ultrasound technician, which I thought was too on the nose. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I like cake baker and dentist. You're like, I don't know if I want to go to good or evil. (laughs) I must say, um, I kind of think the grandparents, just because it's like what happened with their children, redux. Yeah, Yeah. I I totally agree, actually, in reality. Uh, Grandma thought she was done raising kids two generations ago. Yeah, and it's like, oh, third time, you know, third time's a charm or not. Yeah. 
when 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 her kids turned 18, she thought, "I'm finally done with this." And then her kids gave her another baby to raise. And then when that baby got to 16, they gave her another generation to raise. Grandma's like never had a chance to not raise kids. Okay, but to be fair, I mean, Grandma's advice wasn't great in the first place. Like her after the fact talk about sex was that having sex is basically for reproducing. Like I feel like that kind of like doesn't really give you the whole story, I guess. <laughs> no. You know, I think Grandma, though, she has earned the right to give bad advice because <laughs> she <laughs> – and, you know, maybe she – I guess she didn't give good advice before. I don't know. You know, it's it, – the cycle continues. <laughs> Actually, I got to think probably the the other person that's being overlooked here uh, that really is the worst off is uh, little Noah, who's going to be partially raised by his great-grandparents. Mm. That is going to be a bummer of a bit of advice. Like, Noah, hey, can I borrow the car? Yes, but bring the horses back in time to get watered. (laughs) (laughs) I was just going to say, I thought it would be really nice that he would have such a connection to his family history. It'd be like an elephant herd, you know, like presided (laughs) over by the matriarch. Yeah. Whenever whenever they walk somewhere, they have to hold each other's tails. Yeah. Eventually, Grandma kills herself in a tar pit or something like that they, you guys you, are confusing circus elephants with regular elephants with like <laughs> mastodons i think <laughs> you might have a point there sarah <laughs> i also wanted to make a case for brian the dad uh, yeah the noah's dad because he gave up everything for this kid and also like that first night they got tired of that baby immediately. <laughs> oh, but also, like, Brian is also just a surrogate for Jessica, I felt like, because if those twins could have a baby together, they would. <laughs> it was so funny, because at the end of this episode, I was like, man, that's got to be the worst situation. I was like, not even close. <laughs> I gotta say, I felt so uncomfortable at the end of this show, almost as bad as I did after Human Centipede. I was just like <laughs> sad and upset at the show for existing and for having put me through this. And then ten times worse were episodes three hundred two and three hundred three. Mm. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, so let's jump into those. Woo! <laughs> uh, Ez, do you want to take take three hundred two? Okay. So we we have a nosedive from that low point to um, the story of Jennifer and Josh. Josh is kind of a jerk with a temper who's not very attractive. Jennifer seems like a nice enough person. Is the only uh, girl that we meet that has both parents in the picture. Yeah. Has, seems to be like a, a pretty sweet uh, younger brother also and is knocked up. And her parents are loaded. Yeah, her parents yes. seem to be doing all right. Um, her parents are also seem kind of slightly from the godfather. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, the main conflict here, as opposed to the uh, last one, where it was uh, between a uh, twin and, and boyfriend, it's now uh, parents and, and boyfriend. Sort of, there, there's crazy lines of like, uh, when Josh finally proposes to, uh, to Jennifer, Jennifer's mom's like, I wish we could say that we were happy for this, but you know, we are not able to say this. <laughs> we wish we could say congrats. Yeah. Or like, when the dad goes, you know, he got my daughter pregnant. He's lucky he's even standing anywhere right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
Apparently yeah. in this family, just legs go. With <laughs> a kind of intense but closely knit family. I think I would describe her parents' demeanor the entire show as thinly veiled contempt. I mean, there's really no veil. It's like... It's it just contempt. Yeah, just... <laughs> um, you can tell, like, the mom was secretly thrilled when when the cops came. Oh, and oh, she no, got to, like, course. yell at the guy, and he was like... She was like, you're as dumb as they come, Josh. You're as dumb as they come. <laughs> well, I gotta say, this was another tough one for me. If I was gonna play a game for this one, instead of who's worse off, it would be uh, whose side do you take? Ugh. Because... Obviously, Josh sucked. Oh, yeah. But this is true. her parents did everything they possibly could to make her relationship with Josh worse. Yes. To drive Josh off a cliff. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay, so so uh, to move back. So Jennifer has twins. Josh gets really possessive over them and at some point tries to take them in the car with him away from Jennifer, leaving her on the side of the road. And then cops come and she doesn't see him anymore. Right. Okay, I think... Uh, I'm going to have to give it to parents on, on being the, the winners on this one. Yes, they did sort of do some kind of like Shakespearean scheming to get Josh out of the picture. Yeah. But dude was a jerk. Yeah, I'd, I'd side with the parents too because, uh, you, you know, you don't want to end up with a, an alligator in your bed. An alligator head in your bed. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, you're side, Florida. You're side, siding with her parents. Siding with the family. Out of, you know? out of fear, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so so actually, that brings that that brings me to I think the fundamental question of watching this show, which is, is this show making it cool or working against teen pregnancy? I think the problem is that that teen girls do love their freedom, right, and keeping their bodies like you know not stretch marked. But I think the thing they love even more than that is being on TV. So you. Yeah. That's I mean, if I'm, if I'm a 15-year-old girl and I'm planning my next year, I'd rather be on Super Sweet 16s, the one where they get really rich parties, as opposed to yeah, the one right? where they're sad and their body splits in half. But yeah. uh, <laughs> Wait, do you know how pregnancy works? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like... Uh, Are you thinking of just peeling an orange? I, no, it's like, it's, like, uh, it's like a Russian nesting doll, right? Oh, yeah, there's a, a smaller, exactly like you version Perfect of yourself. Copy. Yeah, yeah, and you just... You, yeah. you was already pregnant with another smaller version of something. <laughs> <laughs> I, so I think we're all agreed that this is sort of... Uh, the show is not discouraging pregnancy so much as making it more seem more acceptable and cool. Is that is that happening? I don't know, cool, but sort of like a train wreck. <laughs> where you can't turn away entirely. So, yeah, I mean, uh, people will pay attention to you if you're pregnant, I think is, is definitely the lesson of this. Well, yeah, for sure. From yeah. a practical standpoint, they got to keep this factory churning out teen <laughs> <laughs> It's a self-perpetuating money-making it machine. Is, yeah. 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 It's a pregnant Ouroboros. <laughs> <laughs> I will look that up and then laugh later. <laughs> the, the snake eating itself. <laughs> the snake uh, knocking itself up. Or, or, uh, the snake uh, knocking itself up. <laughs> I think a better example would be this is like a, a 16 and, and pyramid scheme. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Multi-level pregnancy? Yeah. People of the podcast, we have for the first time ever an actual actor for this edition of Inside the Actor's Studio. With us today, 
Jackie Baxter. Woo! Who was actually on an episode of I Didn't Know I Was Pregnant. Probably the best mystery slash pregnancy show on TLC. <laughs> on all of basic cable. And probably on all of basic cable. Uh, thank you for that distinction. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, there is, I wasn't sure I was knocked up on HBO, of course, which was uh, probably cut above. Much grittier. Yeah. There's only uh... Much more graphic on HBO. And the pacing's a lot slower. But they can only afford like five episodes of <laughs> yeah. a season. Five million dollars an episode. <laughs> it's filmed in, thir- in Super 35. That's, Set in that's not easy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Set in Deadwood. <laughs> um, but Jackie, yeah, dude, can you tell us just a little bit how, how you got the job? Like what, what they were looking for in the audition of, of someone who could act like they were pregnant? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I got the gig through my agent, but they posted on the casting websites here in Los Angeles because it is a non-union show, okay. they, which is so surprising because the picture quality is so high. You definitely <laughs> think they want SAG actors. But it was basically an improv audition. They sent me a scenario Um, They actually sent me two before the audition and they said to come in prepared to improvise these scenarios, which is an excellent choice for them to make because after having been cast and been given the script, the writing is just god awful. But of course, one of the scenarios was to pretend as though I was giving birth in this, you know, very comfortable uh, casting director's room, which basically just involved a lot of screaming. So I feel kind of bad for their neighbors because I think the neighbors must think that they've got a serial killer living next door. A really successful one, too. Yeah, obviously one who has an in with the LAPD is never caught. Yeah. A serial killer vulnerable. who's got a line of women outside waiting for the opportunity to be killed. And how sad is it that that's actually true? <laughs> Standing there. Um, so what was the other scenario? The one that was not the um, just out and out screaming I think I was supposed to be in an office and talking about because the woman who had actually not known she was pregnant, whose story this was, yeah. one of the reasons she thought she wasn't pregnant or never knew she was pregnant was because she never gained weight. Oh. Um, and the reason she never gained weight, what, as explained by the doctor who was also interviewed for the show, was she was exercising about two hours a day and she joined a gym and all that. So I was being interviewed about this gym experience that I'd never had. Wait, so she exercised off a baby while she was getting pregnant? Like, while she was pregnant? She exercised off the equivalent? Wow. She exercised off the equivalent of all of her pregnancy weight. Although, as you will notice, if you've ever watched the show, most of these women are on the heavier side. Mm-hmm. Got it. So... The, according to the Discovery Channel's website, the key ingredient to most of these women is not their weight, but is massive denial, which makes a lot of sense to me. Although it shouldn't be called I didn't know I was pregnant. It's like, I'm not pregnant. Stop asking me. <laughs> no, totally. I'm not <laughs> pregnant. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, no, you'd think actually in an interesting twist, the guy who they cast to play the boyfriend in my episode was an ER doctor. He'd actually gone to medical school and worked shifts in the emergency room that he put off to come film this episode, which made me really nervous on a personal level. Um, <laughs> like, it's LA, so, right? I mean, that's how everybody is. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone's uh, out there with their side job, you know, waiting tables or saving lives. <laughs> that was kind of it for me. I'm like, so wait, you went to medical school and you're buried in $150,000 worth of debt or more, but you took a day off to come make this episode for $200? I mean, all right. It's your life choice. But... How many people died because of that? Yeah. Oh man! That's, How that's many lives kind of could a question, right? I'm not wrong about that. Um, 
<laughs> but he walked around the set for two days saying, this is not medically possible. But <laughs> she didn't know she was pregnant. This is impossible. This is impossible. This is impossible. And finally, I said, dude, do you want me to buy you a plane ticket to Nebraska so you can go tell her? Because I'm not the one. <laughs> You're such a convincing her, actor. <laughs> so what was the what was the hardest part about acting like someone who doesn't know that they're pregnant? And oh. I should have just said she instead of they, but whatever. They. <laughs> well, it's, it's the, the royal they, the collective. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty confident there's one pronoun ne- necessary here. We don't have to make it gender nonspecific. You're uh, pronouning for two, though, Alex. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so what was the hardest part about acting like you didn't know you were pregnant? Uh, the hardest part was the second day of, of filming is all on the hospital set. And... It's just take after take of screaming your head off. They just want you to basically act like somebody's chopping off your leg. And so by the end of the day, I was still screaming, but I basically lost my voice. Yeah. And they wanted me to still talk and still work and do the dialogue. Like, well, maybe we should have done the dialogue first. (laughs) (laughs) And then I scream my head off for four hours. Yeah, that would have been a better way to do it. (laughs) Um. Jackie, did you get really paranoid afterwards, you know, like that you might be pregnant or that when anyone said they weren't feeling well, they would be pregnant? Right. Again, probably should be she again. Sorry. (laughs) If it were a guy, I probably would have been paranoid. Yeah. So I guess I have one more question for you. What's your ambition now that you've conquered? I didn't know I was pregnant. What shows would you hope to someday be on? It would be really nice to um, actually be paid a little bit more for doing the same thing because obviously I'm really good at it. Yeah. So <laughs> having already had that experience, I feel like I'm really ready to take it to the next level. And, uh, would you be willing to do something like, uh, I was sure I was pregnant. Oh, I was sure I was pregnant where you got that, to be like pregnant the whole time. Ooh, that's harder. Yeah. That is harder. I think only because it doesn't really evoke the same amount of drama. I don't think any amount of, mood inducing right. music would make it as suspenseful <laughs> since you already know what's happening. No, I mean, I'm open to basically anything. Obviously I just didn't, I did an episode of, I didn't know I was pregnant. So at this point, I don't think there's any lower for me to go. I think I've hit <laughs> rock bottom with that. So we'll just see what comes up next. <laughs> That's a hopeful way to end it. Yeah. We wish you the best of luck with your career. Oh, well, thank you. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna let you go, Jackie. And thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate having you on and lending some credibility to our show. Oh, no problem. Anytime. All right, so, uh, so let's move on to 303. This is Jamie. So Jamie is probably, for me, was the saddest episode because Jamie seemed like the most likable main girl. Yeah. And her boyfriend was the least likable main boyfriend. Well, him and Josh. Him and Josh were close. Well, and I guess I guess Josh did have that nose that took a sharp turn to the left. So I guess, I guess he's worse than the front. <laughs> uh, but so, so Jamie is a good kid, good grades in school, raised by a single mom who just is awesome and wants the best for her. And then she starts dating the guy from, who's, you know, edgy and cool from the wrong side of the tracks, who likes to go partying all the time, and she's trying to change him. Shockingly, doesn't work. But it doesn't work to a really disgusting degree when uh, she can't get a hold of him when she's actually going into labor. 
and then eventually he shows up five hours later hungover and uh, possibly having just cheated on her. But still, she has the cutest baby of the three. And although he is out of the picture very quickly, she wins custody in court, I guess, at the end of the episode. And uh, so she's just going to be another single mom like her mom, and they're going to have that to bond over. Well, so so let's do this then. Let's play this one for the third game. Uh, mini game is which boyfriend is the scummiest? Yeah. And really, oh, it's a, it's between Josh and Ryan because uh, Brian was going to school. Although you know he still did that jerk thing about uh, not wanting. All right. So so options are pushing your family uh, out of the picture trying to steal your kids and being abusive yeah. or um, <laughs> being drunk and cheating on you while you're pregnant. It's, I mean, oh. it, the last two is rough, but I got to say, I'm going to give it to Ryan, not for the cheating on, but if as if he didn't have enough reasons to hate him already. He has a Halloween party near the end of the episode at his house that he's hosting where he's wearing a t-shirt and jeans and a rubber mask. Yeah, he phoned that shit in. He is a lazy son of a bitch. At his own Halloween, even the baby was wearing a ladybug costume. And Jamie, she had like a Sailor Moon costume or something like that. Despite being like, having given birth like three days earlier. What a lazy jerk. <laughs> also, that ladybug costume was adorable. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and Gettys well. would have been really happy to take pictures. In fact, I wish she'd given birth to a giant ladybug. That would have been super cute. <laughs> and probably much less time consuming. Yeah. I bet they're pretty self-sufficient, as long as you flip them back over if they get on their back. Yeah, you just put them on a rose bush with some aphids, they'll be pretty much good to go. Giant aphids. It would have been interesting because, yeah, ladybugs are all about taking care of pests, so that would have taken care of Ryan immediately. Eat Ryan. Yeah, eat Ryan up, he's gone. Yeah. So I gotta gotta give it to him. Well, not having seen this episode, because... Well, this episode made me feel the most like these girls because it, like contraception, was not available when I needed it. (laughs) (laughs) But that being said, I, I, you know, even hearing all this stuff about how how he cheated, which is obviously very terrible and very sleazy, I'm going to throw another one in for Josh from episode two because that is the creepiest proposal I have ever seen. Is it just because his, his uh, dress shirt was clearly his father's dress shirt? Well, there was a lot of things that were really sad about, like, like that they're at this fancy restaurant and you can see all these grown-ups drinking wine around them and they have Cokes with straws in them. Yeah. <laughs> um, above and beyond the fact that she shouldn't have Coke when she's pregnant. Uh, it, you know, there's just, like, they were, they were kids at the grown-ups table and I half expected them to be sitting on phone books. Yeah. And... Then they had this like double plate, this weird double plate they they brought to her, and like you can tell she was really bummed out. It wasn't dessert, but she wanted to try so hard to be nice about the engagement ring. Yeah, yeah. And like also, he made her stand up to be proposed to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's super pregnant. Come on, she's like forty months pregnant. <laughs> do you, what do you understand about pregnancy, Alex? I meant weeks. I'm sorry. <laughs> Unlike the other times where you pointed out where I really didn't know something, this time I just misspoke. <laughs> she's she's one week away from splitting herself in half and pulling the baby out. <laughs> All right, back on track. Good job. <laughs> so, I mean, above and beyond the fact that, you know, he, he called her a bitch, hit her, shoved her out of the car when she had just recovered from major surgery, yeah. um, called her mom a bitch, stole the kids and hit her, yeah. and then wasn't going to let her back in the car and stood there and taunted her with his larger physical size. Yeah. He also had that really tacky proposal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go back to, to saying Ryan's the worst, though, in episode three, because the low blow that he struck when they were fighting was, um, if you did that, you'd be like your mom, and you don't want to be like your mom. 
that's really unfair to, to try to like, you know, egg someone on that way. On the other hand, that's kind of a pro-relationship move. That's sort of like a <laughs> married for eight years kind of a thing to bust out. And he did it after only dating for a year? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> this guy's going somewhere in emotional manipulation. <laughs> he is. He's hitting all the major milestones. <laughs> Calling up from the minors. <laughs> wow, I'm really glad that actually I didn't see this episode. You because be. <laughs> it just... This made me really sad, yeah. I must say. And I was sitting here staring at it, and my roommate came in and said, why are you so sad? And I said, I have to figure out how to really just hit these young girls while they're down. Baby, don't cry. hope you got your head up. Even when the road is hard, never give up. Baby, don't cry. This ad was required, but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, at MTV's corporate headquarters. Uh, Morgan J. Freeman, executive producer of 16 and Pregnant, is out the door for you, ma'am. Send him in. Good afternoon, ma'am. You know, I'm always disappointed you're not the other Morgan Freeman. I know. That's how I feel every day. Oh, well. What can I do for you? As you know, I've worked really hard for you on 16 and Pregnant, plus my other MTV shows, Teen Mom and Teen Mom 2. Definitely. You've got a gift for making exploitative television. Well, this new one's going to knock your socks off. Nah. I mean, uh, I've got another idea in the oven. You can do better than that. My mind had unprotected sex with a muse. Good. Continue. Okay. Here's my new idea. Young women about to give birth... We follow the lives of women who haven't yet come of age, but are about to have a baby. Morgan J. Freeman, don't take this the wrong way, but I think you're in a rut. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sorry. I, the truth is, I really want to have kids, but my wife, Angelina J. Jolie, doesn't. This is my only chance to be near children. Hey, you should read Lord of the Flies by William Golding. That way you'll learn that children are terrible. Plus, you won't be subtly encouraging 16-year-olds to get pregnant. But I can't afford books. I've sunk all my money into my production company. I'm not that Morgan Freeman, but please, let me play with your children anyway productions. No problem. Go to audiblepodcast.com slash readitandweep and sign up for a trial of Audible's Book a Month subscription, and you'll get a free book. You can keep it even if you cancel your subscription before you get charged. Uh, excuse me, the sandwich delivery boy, Brad J. Pitt, is here. Audiblepodcast.com slash read and weep. I hear the sandwich guy's banging Angelina J. Jolie. Close your eyes, close the door. You don't have to worry anymore. I'll be yours. Now it's time for the other half of our compliment sandwich. Uh, we're going to go in reverse order of the way we went the first time, which means, Taylor, you are up first. So you have to, what is the last nice thing you'll ever say about 16 and pregnant? Well, you've got to hand it to the thorough job they've done of filming it, because not only is the 16 and pregnant, it's also 16 shots and 16 camera angles using <laughs> 16 different cameras. <laughs> For the show. I mean, it's like the coverage is amazing. They were all numerologists. Exactly. And I'm sure it connects to the Mind calendar. And mm -hmm. I'm, I think the last season 
of 16 and Pregnant will be uh, the 16th season. The 16th, the 16th season, which they're going to have to speed up if it's going to make it before <laughs> 2012. <you know? laughs> but um, yeah, really, really got to hand it to all their cameras because this isn't just the fly on the wall. This is like getting in their face, you know. They're working on it. Yeah, you almost feel like you're uh, you're being the spirit. Apart. Yeah, you're being torn apart and producing a baby. I think next we'll actually have like a, a camera that, that one of the teen moms swallows and just be inside, just staying along with them. Oh, God. Okay. Oh, it'd be 34 weeks old and about to be born. <laughs> the, the child will be born with a flip cam. And will actually communicate from the inside. <laughs> All right, backwards. Ezra, your, ma- your minor compliment. Um, words to live by. Uh, when the uh, lactation specialist uh, came by, <laughs> the advice... Aim the nipple at the nose. Aim the nipple at the nose. It's also what they tell strippers when they're just starting out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, cool. So my, my minor compliment, if there's one thing that I can learn from this show, it is how many weeks are in nine months. <laughs> and so my notes were, I wonder how many weeks are in nine months. Well, more than 26, more than 34, more than 35, more than 36. Boom! 39 to 41 weeks. I finally know that. They're 39 to 41 weeks in nine months. That in a in a in a pregnancy. <laughs> in a pregnant nine months. In a pregnant nine months. Yeah, they kept they just kept putting on screen like 26 weeks pregnant, 30 weeks pregnant, and each time I was like, oh, I'm getting close. I'm gonna know this <laughs> fact know sooner so or later. I mean, that'd be really helpful if also the count from Sesame Street ever like knocks someone up. <laughs> <laughs> just keep them around. 38 weeks pregnant. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> so, I get to break up with you in three more weeks. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> One restraining order. Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sarah, it's your turn. Uh, last nice thing you'll ever say about this show. Well, the count is actually a beautiful segue into my compliment, which was that I liked those little title cards that try to educate you. Like, this is a drug to kickstart labor. Yeah. And all the little sketches and cartoons, it gave it this sort of fun, youthful air, like Sesame Street. Really emphasizing this, that this is a show for children. Mm-hmm. This episode is brought to you by the letter P for Pitocin to induce labor. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that one was that was a great moment for me too. When they're like, "This drug will induce labor," and I was like, "We can just do that. You can just make someone have a baby." <laughs> well, they have to be pregnant first, Alex. I don't think you know that. People see what happens. I want to know. Actually, that'd be a great way to test for the "I didn't know I was pregnant" thing. Yeah, just take random. <laughs> see what I, see what pops up. Have a um, random "you might be pregnant" roadblock on Memorial Day, <laughs> where the right. cops stop people and make them take labor-inducing drugs. It's like, is this a breathalyzer? No, no, <laughs> no. But you're gonna wish it was. <laughs> All right, that is it for our show. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Uh, Ez, what are we going to do next week? I believe we're watching Burlesque. Burlesque. And that's, that's uh, Cher and Christina Aguilera's movie about burlesque. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> well, join us next week for that. If you want to watch it along with us, we'll be reviewing that. You can also, of course, uh, visit our sponsor, audiblepodcast.com. Also, if you have any feedback for this episode, for any episode, for episodes that haven't happened yet, read-weep.com slash contact would be great. And then also, uh, of course, remember, we are in the middle of FanDrive 2011. Go to read slash FanDrive right now to see all, the, all of the rules of participation. The more people you convince to like our Facebook page or join our mailing list, the more prizes we will send you that are worthless. Um, 
including at 500 a date with Chris. So work on it at his expense. Uh, work on it and uh, let us know how you're doing. Readitweep.com slash fan drive. Thank you so much, as always, for being here, Ezra. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much to uh, Sarah for filling in for Chris. You were an adequate Chris substitute. Thank you. I shoot low. <laughs> Those are some big vocal cords to fill, though. By they the way. are, yeah. And uh, Chris will be back next week, but uh, we're really great, grateful to have you. Sarah, what would you like to plug this week? Yeah, since the last time I've been on here, I've, I've kind of got, got some of my life together. I am currently on an improv team at the IO Theater called Meridian. And we perform every other Monday night at 10.30 for absolutely free. So if you want to find out when our next show is, you can go to chicago.ioimprov.com and look at the schedule and look at what shows are coming up and look at all of our shining faces on our team picture. Well, super congratulations. Is that a House Herald team? Yes, it is. Well, congratulations on uh, on getting that. That's a big deal. Yeah, dude. Thank you. Yes, it helps that I am a woman. <laughs> it also helps that you're hilarious. Ah, oh, thank you. Also, uh, thank you so much for being here, Taylor. It's good to finally get you on the show. Oh, my my pleasure. This is great. Do you have something that you would like to promote? I would like to promote the Science and Natural History Filmmaking Master's Program <laughs> at Montana State University. Excellent. I, in in part of this, I'm doing research on podcasting. For a class, and this, and what better way than uh, getting in on it? Yeah. So when you're when you're writing your report for uh, your whatever new media class or whatever it is you're doing, are you going to include the fact that you had to sit through two episodes of Sixteen and Pregnant? Will, you, will that get mentioned? Oh, for sure. It's an important part of science and natural history, I think. Though it is, it's the future. <laughs> it's the future. All right. Well, thank you for being here. We'll have you again sometime. Uh, uh, yeah. It'll... Can I come back? Yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. I uh, can't guarantee you the homework assignment will be this easy. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's it. We'll be back next week with uh, Burlesque. Uh, all right. Talk to you later. Goodbye, everybody. Breathe. 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 <laughs> Apparently we're outside. Thank you for your help, Taylor. In the tundra. <laughs> <laughs>